0: This morning, except the Lord build the house. And uh can I change that a little bit? Except the Lord build the home. And how we need to let God build our home and live for him and uh just praise the Lord for today. I <clears throat> I I get to give the testimony tonight, but uh just uh, thank the Lord for the day. <clears throat> It's been one of those days where um the the people that on on the way out this morning um testimony of what, what God's doing in their hearts and in their lives and then this afternoon able to have a nice dinner with Tyler and Teresa but then um sitting at home and just sitting upstairs and and didn't have the TV on or anything and and uh um, you know, God is so good. And, you know, it was just like, uh, today has been a very special day and it's just, he's been, it's been overwhelming to think of his love and, and, uh, just knowing that, that he has everything under control and that, um, we just need to trust him and follow him. And I pray that we do. I pray that we as a, as a uh, body of believers, we'll do exactly that, and we'll follow him and and trust him. And uh, I, I just uh, pray that God continues to bless us as we <clears throat> seek and do His will. I will tell you that it was overwhelming support. Um, so we're, we're just going to continue to explore on on the doing some kind of a daycare this summer. Uh, it was overwhelming support to look into the idea of starting a school um you know i i I don't know where to start on a lot of those things so we're we're just going to start looking and seeing if god is opening a door and if he shuts it he shuts the door and that's it we just move on and look at something else but uh, as long as he continues to open doors we we want to explore those and i i i think that I think that we can get very comfortable at times and i i was talking to to a friend of mine this week and travels in a lot of churches and and uh said the same thing said you know i just go into some churches and and it just feels like maybe they're real comfortable with where they are and you know don't rock the boat don't let's just keep it as status quo and and all is good and and I don't uh I don't want to do that. And I don't believe God is is in that either. I do believe that he's always pushing us forward and uh moving us forward. And so we need to do that. And and we're going to continue to trust him. I I haven't talked to anybody here, haven't even mentioned this to my wife. Um, but uh I, I want I want us to have a special theme for February. And so the theme for February is Give Satan a black eye and and uh we're going to we're going to step out and do some things um, there are some things that we need and and I think there are some things that we ought to do and and be a part of of uh, uh, making these things happen look we we sent kids yesterday and we had to use the the Schmidt's car uh, our minivan is in the shop and found out the tires are about ready to fall off of it. Literally, and so, uh, and, and Ehrlich Toyota gave us a van to use. I mean, that says something, doesn't it? And, and so, but we really need, it, it's, it's past the want, we really do need a, a van to, to haul our kids, a 15-passenger van, not a 12, not 11. We need a 15-passenger van. That's the most that we can haul without getting a CDL, that, that helps, that opens up all kinds of drivers. And and uh, honestly, we, where we're going to go with this thing and traveling and, and doing the, the teen activities that we're doing, if, if some of our uh, seniors ever would want to take it to Estes or something, we need something that's dependable, so we need something that's, that's a good used van, and that's right at $25,000. So we're going to pray and and I want you to be involved as much as you possibly can. And in February, let's just see what God can do in raising funds to buy a van. And so, not out of our general account. That this is going to be special. This is going to be we're, we'll we'll take an offering. You can give, and let's see where we're at at the end of the month. However, that's not everything. And and I think that that you know sometimes we. Uh, we're always told to set goals that are achievable. Well, what's achievable with God? A- and so I I think that we ought to to see what God can do as we give sacrificially to give $25,000 for a van. But I also think that with the caring pregnancy, if there is anyone here that wants to go to that banquet tomorrow and you haven't bought a ticket or whatever, let me know. I want you to go. And if we fill more tables than what we have paid for, we will talk to Faye, we'll just buy another table, okay? But I think you ought to go to that. And I think uh, another way that we can make a difference in, in helping with these kids and, 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 these, and the, the parents and the, and the girls is, you know, we're the deacons, but um, raise 25000 for a van, and I think we ought to raise 10000 to give to the caring pregnancy, so let's give Satan a black eye, February. And so I would ask that you pray about it and that you give as God lays on your heart. And I didn't, I start thinking about it this morning, but it just, we need to do some things and we need to do this. And so uh, you be a part of this. you be praying about it. You, you give sacrificially. I will give sacrificially. I, I know our deacons will give sacrificially. And you give sacrificially, and who knows what God can do. We might raise enough to pay the building off. And so, and and have a whole fleet of buses. Huh? We'll buy them from the factory, already painted, so we don't give Paul Bailey a heart attack. <clears throat> so, but uh, we just, we need to do more. And, and let's let's get busy doing these things for God. And so you pray with me on this and be a part of this. And we'll see what God can do. And uh, I, I know that he has, uh, he, he's already doing good things. And we just need to continue to to step out and, and, and push forward. And let's just see, I, I've said this for years, and maybe I never meant it, but let's just see what God can do if we're willing. If we're just willing to be committed and trust him and do these things, let's see what God can do. So anyway, I'd ask that you be a part of that. And uh let, let's just continue to see what God can do. And and uh tonight you can go to Galatians chapter three. I'm gonna finish this message, and I got to thinking, you know, maybe this is more of a message for our, our Sunday night crew anyway. Um I, I told you, I mean I've been I've probably been studying this passage three weeks, and I don't know why I've struggled so much with this and 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 it it, it's not a complicated passage but um i don't know it's just a spiritual battle in in doing this and so but we want to look at this we want to finish up galatians chapter three tonight and so i have to hurry up because i only have about 13 minutes and then it turns nine o'clock in lexington kentucky where gary norris is watching this live stream and at nine o'clock he goes to bed so we don't want him to miss any of this right and so Uh, And and uh, he sent me a text. He keeps trying to call me on my cell phone to catch me with my cell phone in my pocket when I'm preaching. I don't do that because I've caught him doing that very same thing. And so I'm smart enough to leave my phone in my desk and and never bring it out. It's kind of like that old Johnny Cash song, don't take your guns to town, don't bring your phone to the pulpit because Gary Norris will catch you. And so... But anyway, we're going to go into Galatians chapter 3, verse 19, and just to, to, to catch you up a little bit and, and make sure that you remember everything, we, we get into chapter 3 and we go through chapter 4, we're going to see Paul's defense of the gospel. And remember, he's dealing with the Galatians and he's dealing with a group of believers that uh, some of the Judaizers have sneaked in and they're starting to, to preach the uh, the 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 untruths about how that you needed to follow the law to have salvation there was a work salvation and and, and how that that uh, they needed to be adding those things to their salvation and and Galatians chapter 1 introduces us to all of that chapter 2 uh, we saw where where Paul defended himself against the slanderers because they couldn't defeat the message so they tried to trash the messenger and. And then we get into chapter three now, and he's, he's defending the gospel. And if you recall in the first five verses, he was rebuking the Galatians for their immature faith and 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 told them they were foolish for the way that they were doing, and and so he rebuked them. And and then he brought in Abraham as an example, because here are the Judaizers saying, "Hey, you must do the law, and you must live according to the law to be saved, and you must do all of these things." And and in essence, what Paul did then was, "Well, what do you do with Abraham? You guys say that Abraham, and God says that Abraham is the father of all nations; that he is your father of all the Jews. What are you doing with Abraham, who was before the law was ever introduced?" and so he brings that up and, and in that we, we see the justification of abraham and, and the justification of abraham's children and, and and then realizing that the promise that he gives to abraham wasn't just to the the nation of israel but then we see that uh there is the prophecy that gentiles would be added to that and be a part uh, of of that family of abraham and then we get into verses 10 through 14, and Paul condemned the works of the law and, and, and told them that the Judaizers were cursed and that we're justified by faith and that works of the law are not faith and, and uh, described Christ's redemption to us. And, and uh, then we went further into verses 15 through 18, and here the gospel was confirmed by God's oath. And God's promise that he made. And and it's an oath that God had made and can't be changed by man. And and it's the promise of eternal life that comes uh, from the seed of Abraham, which is Jesus Christ himself. And it's immutable and it is freely given. And so then we get now into verses 19 through 29. and, And here we see that he goes on to explain the law. And he gives us, first of all, the purpose of the law in verses 19 through 25. And, and, and here we see seven things, seven aspects of the law that we want to look at. First of all, we see that it was temporary in verse 19. Wherefore then serveth the law. Why would you want to serve the law? It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. Christ is the seed that he's talking about. And so now we see the law was given for transgression. And so, without the law, it, there's lawlessness, right? Well, the law explains to us that there are transgressions, that there are things that are wrong, that there are things that are right, things you do, things you don't do. And and here, uh, the the law was given, and it was given until the uh, to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of the mediator. And and so now we see that it was it was temporary, and it was to be given until christ came and so now in his argument then why in the world do you want to go back to something that was temporary don't go back to something that was temporary but go forward in your walk with and your faith in christ and and then he further goes uh, further with this and shows us that it's a contract in verse 20 now mediator is not a mediator of one but god is one now here we see that you have the law you have israel and you have God. So you have God over here, Israel over here, and the law in the middle. Well, and because of that, because of the contract that it was, there needed to be a mediator. The mediator was Moses. And so Moses was a mediator to those that, that were, that were uh, living under the law. And, and now, but now he shows us that you go back to the verses 15 through 18, and there he was not talking about the law, he was talking about the promise that he gave to Abraham and he said the law is different the law needs a mediator but God is one and God made a promise to Abraham and it's not the law and there is no need of a mediator all you need is a faithful God who will keep his word great is thy faithfulness and that is God he is faithful to keep his word And so now we see that Moses was a mediator. God gave Abraham a promise and made a covenant with him and no need for a mediator. God was one. And then verse 21, we see the law's inability. Is the law then against the promises of God? No. No, it's not. He expects you to answer no, it's not. God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law still today still today not just the mosaic law but any law that anyone wants to try to make thinking that that will draw you closer to god you can go to a verse like this and there are many of them if there had been a law that was that could give life god would have given it but there wasn't one there isn't one today People want to make all kinds of laws that are going to uh, impress God, that, that, are, that, that you are going to be able to do this to merit your way to heaven. And so they make all kinds of laws that, that, that these are the things that you're going to have to do to in, in, in uh, your efforts to get to heaven. And you, you hope that you do them well enough that you are going to get to heaven. Well, here he said, if there was such a law, God would have given it to you. And he would allow that to be the case, but the law is unable to do that. Look back at the Romans chapter three. Romans chapter three, I'll just look at three verses uh, uh, quickly here. But in Romans chapter three, showing the, the law's inability, verse 20, "Therefore, by the le- deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, For by the law is the knowledge of sin." That's what the law was always introduced to do. and brought to do and and purpose for was to show everyone that you are under the bondage of sin. That's what law does. Look, you think about today, we have law enforcement officers in our church family. And there are times where, where you break the law And they come to you and they pull you over or whatever. They walk up to you and they might show grace. They might show mercy. They might show some discretion where they say, okay, don't do it again and move on. However, that's their discretion. That's their grace. That's their mercy being shown. The law has no mercy. You broke it, the law has been broken. Once you break the law, you are a sinner in need of a Savior. We have all broken the law. And the law is there to show us that's what we are, lawbreakers. And we need Him. And so there is no law that you can keep that, that is going to get you to heaven. And Romans 3, verse 21, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, Unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. It is our faith, our trust, our belief in Jesus Christ that gives us salvation. It's not in any law that is ever going to save us. And and the law is unable to do that. It's unable to save you. And so now let's think about what is the law's ability? And, and look, at the next, look at the first part of verse 22. But the Scripture hath concluded all under sin. The law is pretty good at that, isn't it? When we start reading God's Word, whenever we start considering what we do in our lives, and the law is very good at pointing out, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Really good at pointing that out to us. And so we see the ability of the law is to point us that we are all under sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so then we go on. In the last part of that verse, though, we see the promise received. That so, but the Scripture has concluded all under sin that, in order that, for the purpose that, the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. And so one receives the promise by faith. Another way that, that, that I I've, I've put the words in a little bit different order from my own mind because of the emphasis that they had used that, that you don't see some, somewhat in this. And, and I reworded it for my own help here. And I'm not trying to change anything. It's all the same words. But I said that the promise might be given by faith in Christ, Jesus Christ to them that believe. And so here, once again, showing us. Look, there there is people can argue all they want that, that, that teach that you have to be saved by doing these things and they say that that's faith. That is not faith. That is doing. And God has shown us over and over and over and over and over salvation comes totally and only by faith. In Him. In Him not in any man-made law, not even in the Mosaic law that God had given to Moses and to Israel at that time and 430-some years after Abraham. And, and, and here we see that none of that ever saved anyone. And so we see that it's only by believing that we have salvation. That's how we receive the promise. Well, then we go, and, and, and something else about Verse 22, you can go back up to verse 11, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, it's clear, it's plain, for the just shall live by faith. The one who is justified by faith shall live. You know, many people use that somewhat out of context and and, and say that, well, then, then, you know, those that are justified, we, we live by faith. And, and I, I understand what they're saying. However, the emphasis isn't like that. The one who is justified by faith shall live. And so every one of those, in Habakkuk 2, in, in Romans, in Galatians, in Hebrews, that, same, that, that very same thing is said, whether it's in the Old Testament Hebrew, classical Hebrew, or whether it's in the Koine Greek, it's always worded the very same way and it's emphasizing that you are justified by faith shall live. And always remember that. And, and, and here, what a, what, a, what a thesis that we have on justification by faith and not by the law that, that Paul is given. This is given by the scholar of scholars when it comes to the law. He knows it. And here he is, God using him to explain this. And so the promise received. But then we see the, the law was also used for confinement. But before faith came, so before Christ dying on the cross is what he's talking about, we were kept under the law. We were guarded. We were protected by the law. Shut up, enclosed, confined under the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith and so now the the law did a couple of things the law showed them that there was sin and and so the law was then used to confine the jews to keep them out of sin until faith was received okay And, and revealed and so we understand that but it was also a tutor it was to show them their inability to save themselves think about think about what they had to go through in practice practicing the law you were still saved by faith looking forward to the messiah that was that was to be sacrificed so they had to look forward forward to that one that was going to be crucified okay makes sense right so they call upon the messiah and they call upon him to save their souls however God had instituted the law because there had to be a blood sacrifice for the sins of everyone. That hadn't taken place yet. It was still in the future. And so they had to come to the priest to make sacrifices, a blood sacrifice for their sin. I mean, important, right? So, Every, I, I mean, think about it. I mean, that priest would get really sick of you, you know? Well, here comes Ben again. What did he do this time, you know? And, and and finally you get to the point, I'm sorry, Mr. Priest, but I'm so out of money, all I got is a turtle dove to give you, you know? I, You've killed all my cows, you've killed all my sheep, and now we're going to have to, to kill all my birds that I have. And, and so Verlin's going to be bringing the chickens, you know? And so, but but here we see that it's so important for you to understand. They were saved the same way we are, faith, in the Messiah, looking forward to the day that he would be crucified on that cross and trusting in that sacrifice that he was made. But until that was done, something had to die. All the time. All the time. There were those sacrifices being made. And, and you know, the thing that that maybe we don't give thought to. I mean, think about, think about the outfit that that priest was wearing. I'm sorry, but I'm sure it wasn't very clean. Because I don't know if some. I don't want to be gross about it or anything, but but an animal bleeds a lot, and a butchered animal is going to bleed a lot, and so you're just you're just not going to stay clean. It was a dirty mess. Sin is dirty. Sin is dirty. And and, and they had to do this day in and day out. Day in and day out. They're making sacrifices for their sins. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for what Christ has done so that we do not have to go back to that. And that is exactly what Paul was reminding the Galatians. Do not go back to something that is no longer required. And even then, even if you are back to that, it does not save you. Remember, there will be all kinds that will try to tell you that things that you have to do, you must believe. Trust in Christ as your Savior. And so we see the, the, the law's confinement. Verse 25, we see the extinction of the law. But after that, faith has come. We're no longer under a schoolmaster. We don't need it any longer. We have the Messiah. And praise the Lord for that. You know, and something else, maybe I don't need to, I I do need to say this because we need to, what's that song, Be Careful Little Ears What You Hear? Isn't it something like that? John MacArthur wrote a book on the book of Hebrews. And in the book of Hebrews, he made the statement, he said, The only thing that was important is that Jesus died. It didn't matter how he died. And it was not the shedding of blood that was important, it was the death of the Messiah. The Messiah had to shed his blood. I have a problem. And and I have some. I look, you ever want to read it? I, I think I have his book on Hebrews. And I don't care how good he sounds. I don't care how flashy he might be. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. And we we as men, preaching in, in the pulpit, can be wrong. And in that case, he's seriously wrong. He just don't need to listen to the junk. He's wrong in a lot of things. Lordship, salvation, Calvinism. I, I mean, all kinds of junk. He's, he's wrong, but eldership, you know, name it all, you know, he's not a Baptist and and he needs to get his heart right and one day he will be a Baptist when he gets to heaven. I'm just saying. But anyway, we'll move on. But he's wrong, so be careful. I don't care how good he sounds. And so that's for all, that's for Brother Gary too. I hope he hasn't gone to bed yet. But he's not a follower of John MacArthur anyway. But anyway, so we see the purpose of the law. Now quickly, Versus uh, through the, the rest of the chapter, the diverse family of God. and And here, we see four, distinction of God's, four distinctions of God's family. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. And so John 1.12 tells us the same thing. And so first of all, the requirement is faith in Christ Jesus to be a part of the family of God. Secondly, we see that, that uh, the identification in verse 27 for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. I don't believe that this is dealing with our water baptism. This is dealing with, with the, the trusting of Christ as our Savior. And, and we are in Christ in position. And it tells us in, in Isaiah 64, verse 6, talks about our dirty garments. And then it talks about in Colossians 3, verses 8 through 15. how how we get rid of the dirty garments and we put on the robes of righteousness and how good God is to us. And so we identify Him in position as a child of God. We also identify with Him in practice as children of God. Romans 3, Philippians chapter 2, all through the New Testament shows us that we have put on Christ. Look, when we trust Christ as our Savior, we are a new creature in Christ. We are different so let's act it let's behave what like god wants us to behave and let's and and so we have christ living in us and so we are a child of god and 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 so here we see the identification and and yes we do need to 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 identify publicly by having our water baptism and letting people know that is what god wants us to do to identify with him publicly with the world to know we are water baptized and showing them that we're a follower of christ but look it's not a work it's not a law you don't have to have that to be saved you need to do that to be right with god and be obedient to god but you don't have to have it for salvation and then we go on we see i love this the diversity there is neither jew nor greek there is neither bond nor free there is neither male nor female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. I look. I, I'm I'm sure that that he's theologically um, on on all the basics right there with us. Practi- practically, probably not. Dr. Ron Archer, that's going to be the speaker at, at this uh, uh, banquet tomorrow night. Powerful, powerful, and a man of God. And and, and I it, it just. It's just an amazing thing to me that the culture that he came out of, completely different than the culture I came out of, and we're brothers in Christ. I love that. I do. I love that. My wife was able to ride with him and and couple uh, 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 Rod and 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 uh, Faye yesterday, and they they rode up to Holy Oak together and. She said, it's just amazing to hear the, the testimony and the, and the stories of, of how God has, has used him. And if, if you ought to go tomorrow to hear his testimony, one of the most powerful testimonies I've ever heard. And, and then you also got to hear the stories of how he started some churches in Kenya and some of those places and the food he had to eat. It's really interesting. I'm, not, I'm going to leave it there, okay? But I just think it's amazing. I think it's amazing with the group that we have sitting here. If you know Christ is your savior, we're part of the same family because of what Christ has done. And I just thank God for that. I thank God for visitors all the way from Illinois and even out of Illinois we can have family members, you know? That's you know, we always said bad jokes about Illinois. I grew up in Missouri, you know. And so uh, but even brothers and sisters in Illinois. And I thank God for that. And and so the diversity And then the promise, verse 29. And if you be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Wow, how powerful is that? The promises that we have as a born again believer and know that our faith is on a solid rock does not change, it's not based on us not based on how much we do. It's based upon everything that Christ has done. And he gives us eternal life when we trust him. The joy of being a born again believer. So he shows us the purpose of the law and he shows us the diverse family of God and we are a part of it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. Thank you, Lord, for each one who's here. Pray you encourage them, guide them, direct them, use us through this week, bring us back in the midweek service, challenged and 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 even tired from the battles that we do, but just to share the, the victories that we have and, and to be re energized and, and carry on doing your will and living for you. Thank you, Lord, for each one. Pray you stir in our hearts and guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, your discipline.